Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Every heartbeat's true for the red and the blue as we sing the song to you. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on the red and the blue. G'day there, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Red Legs Radio. We're doing it. Thank you to Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar. They know simply... Uh, they are simply the best. And the Telstra shop at Norwood, of course, they know everyone is different. Whatever you need, visit today. Well, the Red Legs are back in form. They've won three in a row. They square the ledger, three and three, and they go into the four on the premiership table. A 67-point win over the Bloods on the weekend. They were particularly impressive, particularly in the second half. Miles Fitzner, the voice of Sandfall SEN football, is in the studio. Jimmy Allen, the midfield coach of the Norwood Football Club, is about to join us, of course, the triple McGarry medalist. But let's take a couple of highlights from Norwood's 67-point win over West Adelaide. Looking down there for a teammate, Pinion. Good spoil defensively by Hupfeld. Players there couldn't decide who wanted it. Grigg just comes in off the right boot. Mitch Grigg, a quality finish. Kicks truly for his first. Norwood's second, and they take the lead, the Redlegs. Now to Logan Hill, dispossessed. Here's uh, Hamilton. Got it back to Bastanak. Oh, gets around Bastanak. Turns it around the body and kicks a goal. Terrific work. His second, Ryan Bastanak. And the Redlegs train just keeps on going. No, the hand pass was intercepted. Defensively, the Bloods do well momentarily, but the rush kick out of the pack falls into the hands of Richard Douglas. Richie? Two in the third, and there's the siren. 26 and a half gone in the final term. Douglas for some icing on the cake. Has kicked it. Three to Richie, 19 to Norwood. 19-10, 1-24 the Red Legs. West Adelaide 8-9-57 comprehensive victory for Norwood. The voice of Sandful football here at SEN is Miles Fitzner. Miles, uh, what do you think of Norwood now? Three weeks ago, we were very concerned about where they're at. Suddenly, they're in the four, and they're probably looking like the most threatening side in the competition. They are looking like the most threatening side in the competition. Just to clarify, that's not my voice that you were hearing on the no. <laughs> on the highlight reel. Did another game on the weekend. Well, but... we, we lifted that from, uh, yeah, just to clarify, we did lift that from the Sandful Digital Pass, which is a, a great service, wonderful job. That was Phil Aspinall and Michael Maney from the Sandful Digital Pass in commentary. SENSA 1629, of course, they were doing the Glenelg Sturt, Sturt game. game, which you and Jace Bode. Yeah, your and, old uh, the old uh, Norwood skipper down there doing specials. Very, very good analysis, Bodie, on the game. And after they got a win for the Paynham Norwood footy club over the Unley Jets, but back to Norwood, uh, absolutely super. It's uh, I've got been through the game and looked some of the stats. I want to talk to Jimmy Allen about it shortly, but... Uh, yeah, the midfield dominance, and all of a sudden when we get a few players back in and a few in Nick, we look 
arguably the best side in the comp. The most obvious thing to me, and we will ask Jimmy Allen about this a little bit later on, is we've had such a huge dominance in ruck, and that hasn't reflected a clearance dominance, a restart dominance. That seemed to really stand out in the weekend. I think clearances, we won 41-15, which is reward for all of the work that Sam Balderstone's been doing. Exactly right. He's dominating the hitouts at the moment, Sam Balderstone. He had 47, uh, no, he's 47 clear on the leaderboard in the comp, number one for hitouts. He's also number five for clearances. Um, in the comp, which is quite interesting. But it's a clearance dominance I want to talk to Jimmy Allen about. Douglas had nine, Nunn six, Grig four, Bastanak four, and Panos six, and all of them in the plus sort of 27 to 35 disposal range. Douglas three goals, one. Um, Matt, uh, Mitchie Grig two goals, two. Bastanak two goals. Panos four goals. And they had, yeah, 27, 29, 32, 33, 34, and 35. That Douglas, Johnston, Nunn, Grig, Bastanak, Panos group. That's where... We're going to absolutely bury sides, especially coming up against a good midfield side like South this week. One thing that stood out to me, Miles, uh, the introduction of Matty Nunn, and I know you're a big rap for him, he's a good mate of yours, but it allows Matthew Panos to push forward instead of having to take responsibility for much of the game in the midfield. Suddenly he bobs up with four goals, and that makes Norwood a real threat when they're kicking scores in excess of 100 points. And Matthew Panos goes a long way towards Norwood driving past 100 points week in, week out. Yeah, they certainly do. But what that actually does is it allows people in the forward line, like Anthony Wilson and Pinion, uh, the pressure goes off them. Pinion kicks three, Wilson kicks two, and then the spread of goal kickers. But Matty Nunn is super, super important to the side, super important. And uh, hopefully Jimmy will give us a bit of an insight to that in a second. Uh, what about uh, the way West Adelaide played? I thought they were good for large periods. But it's just quality, isn't it? I mean, I think you find that West Adelaide, they try hard. They just made a couple of mistakes in front of goal. And the good thing about Norwood and the quality that we talk about with the Norwood Football Club, they actually made sides pay on the scoreboard. We, we, we've always had a bit of an issue that Norwood haven't been that accurate in front of goal. Geez, they were fantastic on the weekend. What was it, 19-10? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, I think it was pretty close. Yeah, 19-10, kicking very straight. So, um, yeah, West haven't been that bad. Just going down to South last week, uh, they're a much improved side, West Adelaide. And um, we don't like talking about other sides, especially West, too much on this program. <laughs> we learned our lesson. But, uh, yeah, they uh, much improved side. But, yeah, we were too strong, too tough and too talented, I thought, on, on the weekend. There's been an accusation of the Norwood Football Club that they overuse the ball, that they chip it, they go sideways, they throw it around a little bit too much. That's a fallacy, I reckon. We're actually third for ball efficiency. I think that's a remarkable stat. So that's the amount of possessions that it takes to register a score. The club's third on the list. I think that's remarkable. Well, I think a lot of the supporters out there wouldn't believe that. No. Because it seems to be a shared concern of a lot of the fans that they overuse the footy. I think early in the year, you know, we're pretty poor and pretty scrappy, but... Um, certainly when we clean it up, uh, look a much improved and much better side uh, with ball in hand. Our tackling numbers, they're probably just one stat that I think is down a bit. Now, we get the ball more than any other team in the competition, so maybe that's the chop out there. But do we need to be a little bit better with our pressure when we don't have the ball? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I, I know that a lot of it is the, that sort of mark, kick, hold possession sort of game. The tackle numbers on the weekend, none comes back in. Four tackles, Grig three, Bastanak three. You know, you don't see Panos... Uh, Lewis Johnson, those sort of guys, Balderstone, they don't lay a lot of tackles. Um, um, Will Abbott's probably one of the barometers, the old tackle dog. Cole Gerloff was another one that, that laid a lot. Joshy Richards, they're the sort of the designated pressure uh, players from what I gather. Um, but it, it's something that I think if you've got the footy and, and you're using the footy, you don't have to worry about, um, don't have to worry about tackling other 
the other side because <laughs> we've got the pill. So I think that's that's the main emphasis is control the footy, control the tempo, and be clean. We also do seem to have a, just a nice little kick to handball ratio that uh, we, sometimes we've been a little bit too handball heavy. It strikes me that we're kicking the ball a lot more and we're marking the ball a lot more as well. I think we had 107 marks on the weekend. It was a huge statistic. And the week before the mark statistic was massive as well, but it's something that, I mean, I'm no expert on it too, but we've got um, we've got a bloke on the line shortly that's um, uh, probably going to answer all those questions in a little bit more detail than me, Hookie. Well, let's get straight to it because he is the Triple Gary medalist. He is the midfield coach of the Norwood Football Club. Jimmy Allen, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Hookie, Miles, thanks for having me. Jimmy, let's just go through your assessment of the first six weeks of the season, the first three weeks. So I imagine you probably thought, for the first two of them anyway, the side was pretty good, just didn't find a way to get the job done. Week three against the Eagles was poor, but do you feel like you've really bounced back and back to where you probably should be now? Yeah, I think so. It's been really important to get the last three um, wins on the board. Our first two weeks, as you mentioned, I think, Definitely the Glenelg game, we had chances to win the game and then I thought we were really unlucky against North not to win. So you, you lose two of those and you're 0-2 instead of 2-0 and or 1-1. One and one. Then we have a really poor week against the Eagles and go 0-3 and the pressure comes a little bit. But internally, we felt like we were playing pretty good footy apart from the Eagles game and um, the results have started to come our way now. So we're in a reasonable spot. Uh, Jimmy, in regards to getting the midfield back, but like Nunny back in the side, but the midfield number's enormous on the weekend. Panos, 27. Bassanak 29, Grigg 32, Nunn 33. You know, Johnson obviously playing more of a roving role at 34. Richard <coughs> Douglas with 35. Mate, just explain to us, um, you know, with no girl off and then you didn't have none for a while. Now, Nunny coming back in the side. You're the, the midfield coach um, at the footy club. What's How interesting a dynamic is it to try and rotate those guys through but get them to have the bulk numbers, bulk touches, kicking goals as well as dominating the clearances? Just tell us a little bit about the dynamic and the rotations through there. Yeah, I heard you talk about Nunny coming back in being really important for us, and you couldn't you couldn't be more right there. He he adds a different um, element for us. He he's got that breakaway speed and power that adds plenty to our midfield. But I think you look at our our side on paper, and people talk about the talent we've got in the midfield. And there's no question we've got talent, but at, at the same time, we can only have you know three midfielders in there at the same time. So they've all got to take their turn forward. I think the most dangerous for us is when they go forward, they become really really dangerous options, and they're kicking goals. And I think the challenge from a midfield point of view and something that was really pleasing to see on the weekend, any guy gets to play their role. And we know Sam's an excellent ruckman and, and dominates uh, quite a bit in the hit-outs. But um, it's really dangerous, I think, when, when Sam's getting that dominance so we all just get on our bike and try and get on the fly and, and don't have that balance between attack and defence. But we did it really well on the weekend. So hopefully that's the um, that's the blueprint for what's to come for Norwood midfield. So a couple of things on that. One, the breakout speed from the stoppages, I suppose, with Griggy and Douglas aren't known for, for being, you know, elite quick. So the breakout speed's something that we've probably missed a little bit. But the other thing is also getting players to, you know, maybe sort of, you know, hang around at that stoppage and block for others rather than waiting for the big Balderstone tap. Is that sort of correct? Yeah, I think the danger, Miles, is when, when you've got a Ruckman who is getting their hands, but you can only have one target player, and, and it's, it's really hard for guys that are talented players to take their turn. And I think early on, we were getting more than one player going for the ball, which left us open, and teams were going out the front of stoppage straight to goal against us. So it was, it was sort of a bit of a roll of the dice. If we won a stoppage, we'd get forward and score. But on the flip side, if we lost the stoppage, they were getting out too easily, and it was putting our defenders under pressure. So we've worked really hard on the last couple of weeks 
if we're going to get beaten at stoppage, we want to at least put some pressure from the front on the opposition so they have to force a long kick high, which we defend pretty well. And watching the way he can I'll be more pleased. We're really disciplined. As you said, all of the all of the midfielders got their turn. But what was pleasing for me is they all played different roles and took their turn when it was you know it was their time. Jimmy, looks like you're uh, being able to really establish some scoreboard pressure against opposition sides as well. Uh, 19 goals on the weekend. It's certainly a huge jump up from where you're at at, at the early part of the year. It's probably been a, a criticism, and you've got to be really, really critical to to sort of fire bullets at Norwood for not necessarily being able to hurt opposition sides on the scoreboard. But uh, that's a real asset, isn't it, to have a guy like Pinion up forward and and then push Panos forward. They kick three and four goals respectively, and you're getting some some good value out of your midfield in front of goal as well. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting, Tommy Pinion comes in after playing local footy where he, he dominates, and it's a different game at sample level. So he comes in and plays. Cody Allison comes in and plays. So we've got two new forwards playing as key posts for us, plus on the back of COVID and not being able to train together. I think it took a couple of weeks for those guys to find a bit of synergy with each other and then with our midfield. So our connection's a lot better now. But when we can chuck those uh, midfielders forward, Panos could play as a forward in his own right. So could Greg Douglas is hitting the scoreboard consistently and none kicks goals from the midfield. So we've got enough guys that can score. And I, I did hear you say before, there's been a criticism of not just getting the ball forward. But I think a lot of supporters, they don't understand. Teams do like to get numbers back against us because we are so dangerous. So if we just bomb the ball in long, we're kicking it to extra numbers. So we need to be a bit smarter with the ball. And I think we've, we've been doing that really well in the last weeks. You speak about dominance and then going from uh, opinion dominating a Southern League and coming into the Sample. You were someone that dominated the Sample on regular occasion <laughs> and uh, and didn't mind and didn't mind um, other people having a look at your stats every Sunday or Monday when the games were over, Jimmy. Mitchie Griggs won two McGarry's. Um, started, what does it take to win a third? Yeah, what does it take to win a third? <laughs> but to start the to start the season, people questioned his fitness a little bit, but he looks like he is. Absolutely back on song in the last couple of weeks. And I'll, I'll have to play down my own career. Um, <laughs> Mitchie Greek, Mitchie Greek, you know, you're right. It, again, it was really hard during that period. And Mitch has got a lot of other things going on in his life as well. Um, he's recently married, bought a house. His dad's obviously got some um, things he's dealing with as well. So Mitch, Mitch has been excellent all the way through, but he, he's shown his class in the last few weeks. And I think. What's, what's benefited Mitch is that the depth we've got in the midfield, we don't rely on Panos and Mitch to get the job done all the time now. You chuck Douglas in, who's obviously a class act at, at this level. He's a class act at AFL level. Bastinac brings another element. He's a gun sample player and a very good AFL player. So easing the burden on those guys. And it was just getting to realise that they, they don't actually have to dominate games anymore. They, they just have to play their role. And they're still going to be very good players at this level. And they can all, they can all get a lick of the ice cream when it's their turn. But... I don't think anyone would be talking too much about Mitch's fitness after the last few weeks. Hey, Jimmy, one quick one I want to ask you. Can Sam Balderstone win A, a B, and F, or two, a McGarry quickly? Oh, I can't say why not. I can't say why not. Um, he, he gives us he gives first use all the time, but it's not just his ruck work. There's a lot of ruckmen who just tap work and that's it. He mentioned his clearance work, and he actually gets the ball around the ground. And I don't like telling him too much because he loves kicking the ball, but he uses it very well for a big fella. Does. Um, he doesn't like giving off the hands too much, but he's a, he's an outstanding player for us and a massive asset, definitely. Jimmy got South Adelaide this weekend. Uh, they've actually been in very good form. Everyone's talked up the Eagles and to a lesser extent North, but uh, <laughs> South Adelaide right up there alongside of them. Is this your first real test for the year? 
Our first real test? Yeah. Oh, we've had a few real tests, I reckon, so far. But they're, well, they're I mean the first uh, real... It probably means first real test when you're actually... You know, probably well. up and about the round one and round oh, two. I, you know, it was pretty scrappy coming out of COVID. I mean, this is probably the biggest test so far, really, when you, you've hit your straps and another team that are playing well. I feel like we'll know where you're at at the end of Sunday, Jimmy. Yeah, definitely. And, and we're, we're really looking forward to it against a, a really strong midfield in particular. And most games are won in the midfield, but you look at the class they've got in there with Broadbent, Cross, Samson's a really good young player. He's a big body in there. Yeah, Highmore, and then they've got some, some really quality down back and forward as well. Overall, Haynes has been excellent. So they're a team we really respect, but like all good teams, we're, we're looking forward to the challenge. And no disrespect to West Adelaide, but we didn't, you know, we played really well on the weekend. We've got another challenge this week, and, and like you said, we'll see where we're at, and we're looking forward to it. Any little jobs? I know Cross hasn't been as dominant lately, but Broadbent and Haynes have been super. Um, <laughs> do you sort of pretty happy to go head-to-head, or, or do you sort of have a player... You know, like Abbott or Bampton coming in through a rotation that maybe gets a little bit of a run with role. Oh, I've, you said Cross hasn't been as, as oh, he's still been very, very good. And, and when the games have been there to one, he stepped up definitely. Like uh, it, it's more just backing our structure. And it talked about before guys playing roles, and and at, at times they might have to defend more than they they attack. I, I think we we back ourselves in. We we definitely keep an eye on opposition good players. We do that every week, but. The way we're playing, I think if we just, and then it's boring to say, but if, if guys stick to roles, we, we think we can back in our system and our players to beat anyone. So uh, looking forward to see if that holds up this week. Jimmy, uh, we've been absolutely pumped to see the way the Norwood Football Club has developed in the last three weeks in particular. You uh, bat very deep in the midfield. You're steering the ship there beautifully. Uh, we look forward to seeing how the boys go on Sunday. Thank you for joining us on Red Legs Radio. No worries. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jimmy Allen there, the Triple McGarry medalist with the Norwood Football Club, currently running, well, he's with the North Adelaide Football Club when he won uh, those McGarrys, but now at the Red Legs. Great well, to have him on board as the midfield just coach. Just quickly, though, he played 140-odd games. He was three-time McGarry. He's runner-up as well one year, and he ran third one year at Norwood when he didn't finish in Norwood's top ten in the best and fairest. <laughs> so in five seasons, he's finished in the top three. What are you saying? He butted up the umpires there, Miles. No, but no, 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 I'm just saying he's a very, very good player. <laughs> he is an absolute star. Great to have him on board at Red Legs Radio. Great to have him leading the midfield as the midfield coach there. That's Jimmy Allen. This is Red Legs Radio. We're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and the Telstra shop at Norwood. On the other side of this break, we'll be catching up with Greg Champion and his footy songs. Every heartbeat's true Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Doing a thank you to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best in the Telstra shop at Norwood. They know everyone is different. Whatever you need, visit today. We are warming up ahead of Sunday afternoon's game. We are hosting the Panthers at Cooper Stadium. It all gets underway a little bit after 2 o'clock. Cooper Stadium, great to be back at the home of Sandful Footy. Uh, big day it will be as well because a new sign being erected in honour of Roger Woodcock. Oh, going good in player. at the northern end, six hundred and two goals for the club. Uh, I was having a chat with Ross Dillon uh, on the weekend as well. I beg your pardon, last uh, last night it was at the um, at the Crows game. Uh, still has not got over the fact that he had nine goals in a game against North Adelaide. The two of them were alone in the goal square. No North Adelaide player anywhere near them. Two minutes left, and Roger Woodcock, instead of handballing to 
Ross Dillon kicked the ball through the goal. So you worked himself. out it was that way around. Exactly. Dillon had yeah. the nine. Yep. And, and Dillon oh. is still a little bit grumpy oh, I about that. it. I tell you what, talking about uh, Norwood Football Club history, a man who knows uh, plenty about the Norwood Football Club history, grew up with uh, the Norwood Footy Club just down the road, and we're bringing him back here once again for our songs. Welcome, great champion. Yeah, it's lovely to be here, as usual. Champs, uh, well, we sort of mention this every week, but uh, we were talking uh, during the week, you can't even get to your recording studio anymore, such as the restrictions over there in Melbourne. At midnight last night, I was going to a local recording studio for the last uh, nine years. At midnight last night, you know, regulations mean I can't go and do that one-on-one. That's a a blow for me, you know. And um, the other one is... uh, Singles tennis was still allowed a few days ago. That's not allowed anymore. And that was the other. That were the two things that were um, keeping me going. But uh, um, um, other people have far bigger challenges than that. Champs, isn't that where you get the old carpet in the toilet cubicle and you line the walls with carpet and just record in the in the small bathroom? That's a lot of people uh, used to do that, didn't they? Line the walls with carpet and record in there. Yeah, well, this uh, this is in a fellow's shed, but it's a little bit more uh, sophisticated than the uh, toilet cubicle these days, but not a whole lot. <laughs> well, well, champs, get yourself to Adelaide. You can come and move into my basement. It's oh, you'd self-isolate love Self-isolate down there for 14 days. Yeah, and- You'll produce five Norwood Footy Club albums Were you, in the meantime. With you writing them, Hooky. <laughs> yeah, well, as I yeah. said, I, I only do the B-sides. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm not nearly as boned up on the intricacies of the Norwood players as you are. So, yes, you are the chief writer or the only writer. <laughs> uh, you will be writing the lyrics. I'll vet them if you'll allow me. And, um, um, uh, yes, it'll be a, a wholly Ben Hook penned Red Legs album. Now, I tell you what, champs, I know you've been hard at work this week and uh, we've got a couple of Norwood Football Club and individual player tribute tracks that you've put together this week. So I'm very excited to hear it. Now, you get to choose. Do you want to start uh, with your blast from the past or yeah, you want to start with um, with uh, yeah, the, no, the present-day player? The, I'll save the Ben Hook special for the uh, – for the, <laughs> Oh, uh, you should see the grin on his face. <laughs> for the run home. But um, yeah, it was Ben's idea, Hook, that is, that I um, um, try an Otis song because we did. We were talking about the Otis uh, clan on the uh, Could Have Beens in Melbourne uh, only uh, 10 days ago. And um, this is what I've since learnt in detail. Jack Otis uh, played at Norwood and then coached them and then went to Westies uh, where he made the finals for five years straight coaching, but he didn't get a flag. He took one year off and then Westies won the flag. So then in 62, he started 20 years at Sturt. And here's where the numbers get interesting. Seven flags in 20 years, 37 years of coaching for 17 grand finals and 10 flags. So he made the grand final in nearly half of his 37 years of coaching. (laughs) And that's just a few stats for you there. Bob Oti played 301 games and coached Norwood for five or six years. When he was relieved of coaching by uh, by Bob Hammond, yes. uh, he went to Sturt and played a further five years, including uh, and coached by his dad. Um, so, and then of course Peter Rody reached the semi-finals of the Australian Tennis Championships in 1968 in the doubles. He reached the quarters, so as well as playing 120 games for Norwood. When did you sleep in the pre- <laughs> in the previous ten days? That's uh, all sorts of stats, and you haven't even got to David yet, the son of Robert, 
who uh, spent a bit of fair bit of time at Norwood and Sturt Football Clubs as well. Well, see, that's uh, my, my old wiki hasn't caught up with that yet. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Odie song. Where it's what do you rhyme with Odie? Odie, Odie, they're the goatee driver, motor body. What's like? <laughs> this is going to be interesting here. I think we're about to find out. <laughs> I think I'm dealing with the wrong lyric writer there. At, uh, yeah, you at, certainly are. All right, <laughs> uh, oh, I'll try the 80 song. I'm just going to strap this guitar on. Go for it. All right. Uh, uh, we need a sound effect for that. That's what we should have, the, the old yeah, Velcro. Right. So um, guitar on. Guitar on, yeah. right. Uh, away you go. Now, in 37 seasons, Jack, uh, in, in a 37 season Jack Odie career, he made the grand final in 17 years. Coached in the finals 33 times. Guess you could say he was one of a kind. Big Jack. <laughs> Good old Jack. Captain the state, coach the state, premiership captain, the greatest of greats. In his 37 years, 10 premierships, and Big Jack stood just five foot six. Big Jack. <laughs> Good old Jack. Now, the great Jack stats you may never see again, and the patriarch of the O.T. clan, because along came Bob, and along came Pete, and their achievements were also elite. 300 matches and nine state games as Bob O.T. added to the O.T. name, and brother Pete, another sporting great, made the doubles quarters finals in 1968. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Bob. Uh, that's Pete. And good old Jack. Big Jack. Big Jack. Oh, magnificent. <laughs> I feel I want to put a big Stetson hat on, a check shirt, and just chew on some straw while I'm listening to that. <laughs> that's what so I do that. down at the farm, funnily enough. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely oh. magnificent. And all five foot six of Big Jack too, eh? This is a true story. I emceed a function for Sturt. This is a few years ago. I had to interview Paul Bagshaw. But I seriously, the, the lectern they gave me came up to about my middle. And I actually yeah. presume this must have been the one that they produced specifically for Jack Odie. Oh, so he really was that small? <laughs> oh, he's tiny. Yeah. Oh, he was five foot six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely uh, true. Uh, back, back, back then, it wouldn't have been as small as it is today. Yeah, and, uh, compar you know, comparatively. Yeah, yeah. Right, a chance. We're going to move on because uh, I think you've been working on something uh, pretty special for one of the current boys of the Norwood Footy Club. Well, I got these. Uh, got this email from an unknown. Uh, a <laughs> okay. B hook. Somebody yeah. B hook. Yeah, not too obvious. You should have said Ben H. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it goes. Um. Um. It goes. Um. It goes. I'm just. <laughs> Choosing the key. I'm all uh, this key. I'm all alone across half back. A teammate kicks the ball to me. I feel somebody chasing Don Barry. I've tons of time. I got room to run. I'll pump it inside fifty. Suddenly I'm tackled. Don Barry. Don Barry. Don Barry. Rudy Doody. Don Barry. The umpy blows his whistle for Don Barry. The ball is kicked towards the hot spot. I'm looking at this nervously. About to rove in our fans, Don Barry. It spills to ground, he sweeps it up, and then he disappears in front of me. Kicks another major, Don Barry. Try singing along. Don Barry, Don Barry. Don Barry, Don Barry. 
The Ampi gives the Oakley Donberry. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, a timing a sync thing that doesn't work when we try and sing along, isn't there? No, but, no. When uh, when we get you over here next year and we're all yeah. in the same studio together we and we can. can all hold hands, then I tell you what, the backing vocals from Miles and myself is going to be absolutely first class. I, I, I would say that's one of the best ones. I, re- I th- that I'd reckon that's one of the best ones. Absolutely. I've paid him a lot of money to say that. Uh, champs, yeah. oh, I really enjoyed that. I wrote the Rudy Duty bit. <laughs> <laughs> champs, so good to have you on board once again. Uh, we've got a special one that's going to be a bit of a tribute to Miles, which I know you've performed uh, oh, no. previously a few years back about some of the terms that footy commentators use. We might park that one for next yeah. week. We'll wish you all the best. Hopefully you can get back yeah. out in the tennis court and in the studio again soon. But thanks as always yeah. for joining us. Yes. See you later, folks. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. Greg Champion with his Norwood Football Club footy songs, the tribute to the Odie family, and, of course, uh, let it be that we turned into Don Barry. We're off to a break. Climate, air conditioning, and solar. SA's biggest day can deal, and they're proud sponsors of the Redlegs and the Telstra shop at Norwood. They have phones to drones, Fitbits to Foxtel. Visit their friendly experts today. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. Every heartbeat's true for the red and the Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Ben Hook in the studio alongside Miles Fitzner. He is the voice of football here at 1629 SENSA from the SANFL or the Sandful perspective. Uh, we're going to move on and talk about the People's Choice Credit Union Awards, which uh, the votes have been coming in thick and fast for round six. Of course, it was the 67-point victory over the Bloods. And Sammy Balderstone, yet again, with his thumb on the scales, has managed to tip out all of those midfielders who had about a 1,000 possessions between them and uh, win the day with 23 votes from Zach Richards on 17, Richard Douglas on 16, Louis Johnson, 13, Nick Rokar, 9, Matty Panos, just a lazy four goals, got six votes. Give me a spell. Matty Nunn had about 100 touches with five. Will Abbott, Tommy Pinion, Emmanuel Ira, my boy, I'm very pleased with the way he's going. Ryan Bastonat got one vote. Mitch Grigg won vote, Cameron Shett. No, it, this is flat out rigged. No, Mitch, well, Mitch Grigg got one vote. He's had 32 kick, two goals, three tackles and four clearances. But you can't say it's rigged. It's, mate, this is from the supporters. This is our fan base too. How many people are just fanboying over Sam Balderstone no, what the a, People's Choice Credit Well, well to Balderstone's, right like, in fairness to him, he's a great bloke, but he doesn't have that many mates. <laughs> so he, he honestly doesn't. And he's only beaten Richo by, by six votes. But it's the actual overall leaderboard. You can only go in and vote once. Like, hey, and he doesn't have that many mates. Talk talk about blokes sneaking up the leaderboard without being all that special. How about Zachy Richards getting up there into third position overall? Oh, yeah, a few of the bloody old schoolmates of his, I reckon, getting on the texties. But Here's the overall votes here, the boy from Prince Alfred College. Sam Balderstone with a little bit of a daylight lead. He's on 215 votes ahead of Mitch Grigg on 84. That is a lead of 131 votes. I reckon it's fully justified. But call it off now. What are we bothering? People's Choice Credit Union, they may as well just hand over the trophy. But I I agree. I genuinely believe, if if Baldus, the umps hate him, I genuinely believe, I genuinely believe this. At the moment, he is clearly the best player in the whole competition. The best player in the competition? Yep. So better than Richard Douglas. Yep. So better than Joel Cross. Yep. So he is the most important player and the best player in the comp at the moment. He is in McGarry medal form. How many how many McGarry votes do you reckon he ends up with at oh, the end of the I'll, year? I'll, I'll give you plus or minus what twelve. 
You'll give me plus or minus 12. Yeah, you'll well, get 12 me. votes because he's already, well, he's had three, he would have had three, well, absolutely should have had three best on ground so far. Right. That's, that's do, nine. Do you reckon he gets them? He'd have to. If he doesn't, then do you, mate, you want to talk about sell? I'll sell the umpires a whole lot. He'll get three votes against Sturt, I reckon, but I don't reckon he gets a vote against West Adelaide. Um, There's too many well, other good players. Yeah, you might be right, but there were games before that. He's on it. He's on at least eight or nine now. It's the People's Choice Credit Union Award leaderboard: Sam Balderstone two hundred and fifteen, Mitch Grigg eighty four, Zach Richards eighty, Will Abbott seventy six. I tell you what, it's really unusual, isn't it? I mean, you you do not see Richard Douglas until you get down to eighth or ninth. Tommy Pinion's there on sixty eight, Cam Shenton fifty eight, alongside Deck Hamilton on fifty six, Richard Douglas fifty six. Nick Rokar, 51, and Louis Johnson rounds out. The, the one thing quickly with that is to not have Douglas higher than that. That's the one that doesn't make sense in there. Like, Pinion, um, have to have Pinion and Will Abbott up higher than Richard Douglas, even Griggy. Like, Dougie's the next best on that, in my opinion. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, we've got the team for Sunday. Well, we don't actually have the team for Sunday, let's be honest. It doesn't get finalised until Friday for a Sunday game. We're pretty confident just with the research we've been able to do that Norwood are very likely to go in with an unchanged lineup, just depending on training and fitness and well, all the of that. Well, the unchanged list that we announced. As we come to you on air. So uh, thanks to Paradise Motors, we reckon the team is going to be Nunn, Bastinat, Grig, Hamilton, Barry, Panos, Zed Richards, Bampton, Johnson, Shenton, Abbott, Douglas, Ellison, Ball, Rokar, Balderstone, Wilkins, Ira, Wilson, Jay Richards, Brad McKenzie, and Tommy Pinion to round out that side. So, uh, yes, it's three days out, so that is subject to change, but that's what we reckon the side will be right now, thanks to Paradise Motors Mazda. Sharp team, and coming up against another sharp team in a midfield team in South. A um, couple of matchups quickly if we want to do that. Yep. Um, Hooky is, I'm interested to see McGree v. Balderstone. I think Balderstone's going to get the chocolates again, but it has to be the midfield battle. Broadbent, Haynes, Cross uh, v. the Bulls that we've got. Uh, yeah, I really rate Haynes as a player. I really, I think he's probably, yeah, Broadbent and him, to say that Joel Cross isn't as damaging anymore, you know, he's just not having the 35, 36 possession games that he used to. He's in the mid-20s. Um, actually looks a bit sore, Joel Cross, from what I've seen, but it's he's, he's got some treatment, I reckon. Yeah. He has been getting very, very tough tags, and I reckon the umpires are going to start to keep an eye on it. Do we tag him hard, or do you think that we just work on the theory that our midfield bats so deep that they can win their own ball and we'll, we'll deal with Joel if he gets on the end of it? Yeah, I'm a bit the same. I think they'll try a bit of a tactic with um, Colotto and McGree to go keep rotating with Balderstone to try and stem the, yep. the, the feed. Um, but... Yeah, Haynes is the important one for me. I think he's a, the bit of the barometer. He seems to set them up really well. He's a bit of a leader. If if you can get a hold of Haynes, oh, they'd go happy to go head to head with Cross. Let him go. Uh, the teams are one and two. Norwood one, South Adelaide two for inside fifties for the competition. I think the stat that's interesting in my mind: South is number one for inside fifties allowed. So they are the best at keeping opposition sides outside of their own forward 50. Norwood a seventh of eighth. So they have allowed the ball deep into their own defence on a number of occasions, yeah, Norwood. And that's exactly what Jimmy was saying earlier about forward running about from stoppage. stoppages yeah. and defensive running. But it's interesting to see that McKenzie, Rokar and Shenton are third, fourth and fifth in the comp for marks. And all of those players playing back or across half back shows that yeah, the ball comes in, but we're highly likely... Um, to be marking that football and rebounding from defensive 50. Tip. Oh, yeah, Norwood, Norwood win this. And they put a stamp on the competition this weekend. This will be a 25, 30-point win. And this this will blow the wind up everybody. That's when they'll go, this is the week 
that they turn around and go, oh, no, like we poked the bear early and we wrote them off. This is the week. This is where they stamp their authority on the comp. Glenelg, ordinary, like they winners over Sturt. I called the game ordinary. North just scraping by. There's no real team that's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. The Eagles have been good, and we had that bad week against them. Um, but this is the week that everyone goes, oh, no, uh-oh, we're, we're, we're this, we see it now. I need to see this from Norwood before I'm convinced. So they've had three losses, a couple of them commendable performances, one really disappointing one against the Eagles. Uh, the three wins, look, all due respect to West Adelaide and Central District, but they're the bottom two teams in the competition for a reason. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Sturt end up the sixth team in the competition for a reason. So we've probably beaten the bottom three. I need to see this week. Yep. If, if they beat South Adelaide this week, then okay, I'm I'm two feet in that they'll be finalists and uh, and we've probably got our top four set. But this is the test for me. And I reckon this, this game goes to a kick. Yeah, I would argue that we played two teams that were red hot at the start of the year in Glenelg and North Adelaide, and we were very ordinary and just lost. Mm. So this is a, that we put one together. You'll see what this is, uh, what this list is capable of. And what I wanted to see going into this week was exactly what I saw last week. All the on-ballers having 25-plus and hitting the scoreboard. You watch the confidence grow um, out there at Cooper Stadium. It will be on. I actually declined to call this game. And take a week off, so I actually won't even be there. You're like uh, Jimmy Brayshaw, you know, can't call North Melbourne games because you're too heavily invested. Well, it's I was caught, I caught about three in a row, and they, I had the option of the Glenelg Sturt or Norwood South, and I actually chose the harder game to try and learn a bit more, hooky, <laughs> oh, rather than support. So dedicated to the craft. Right, uh, our Fitzner Financials is thanks to Findex Financial Planners. And I want to know, well, let's just go back through what last week you, uh, let me just, you bought Grig. Oh, I know. Well, didn't I buy him at the right time? Did you hold Eagles? I held the Eagles. And you sold Glenelg. Yep. Missed the price because I got Glenelg at absolutely top of the tree. Yeah, but I think I was plus, plus. What are you doing this week? Uh, This week. Well, I'm buying our midfield. Um, I'm buying our midfield. I think. We've seen good time it. to buy, I think, because yep, there has ju- been some question marks, but you're probably going to get a jump. I've just seen a, a lick, and uh, I'm buying our midfield. Uh, I'm holding North Adelaide. Um, uh, North Adelaide, yeah, they, they'll be in and amongst, and I just want to see a little bit more. I'm holding North Adelaide, but the big one, I'm selling Jake Parkinson. Well, yeah. he's, he's departed. Uh, yeah, he's gone. Uh, he's done a tremendous job. He I've, has. He's I've, been outstanding, to He's be been outstanding. but not, not, not universally popular, and I understand that there's been a lot of controversial decisions that he's had to work through with the inclusion of AFL teams and subsequently the I, exclusion. But I, I, I'm, I haven't got the full details, so I'm speaking in my, in my opinion only, but I just I just think it's such an odd time. Oh, what? To say it now at the end of the year? I think that's fine. Yeah. What uh, else would you do? Nah, just... Yeah, I'm not... I think he takes it through to the end and he can make an orderly transition when the season's over to the new bloke. No, I, I think, think it's perfectly just, reasonable. I think you wait. Uh, uh, I don't have a drama with that at all. Oh, can, I, can, I go, can I go out the one with the Fitzness, Findex, Financials and whatever? Yep. I've, since it's all starting with F, Stephen, and my name starts with P, I've got a farcical forget, you know, another F. I've got a few other words yeah, too. Right. The Crows. <laughs> they are, like, they're oh. never going to enter these financials. They have got no currency. No, they're like a Zimbabwean billion-dollar note. Yeah, They aren't <laughs> worth a pinch. <laughs> yeah, look, I thought they were pretty good up until half time, but uh, yeah, the, the, the final the quarter last night was uh, a little bit disappointing. I'll tell you what, I'm going to hold on to some Central District. In fact, I might buy a little bit of Central District. Oh, you can't split. I think there's a win coming <laughs> for Central District, so I'll hold them. I'm going to sell the Double Blues. I reckon they're done for the year. Yep. I reckon after those last two losses, they had to win at least one, lost them both. But you didn't get the market. I missed the price, yeah. I accept that, but I am selling them. I'll tell you what I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy some of our women's team. I reckon they are into... 
uh, the season with the finals coming up on Sunday right at the right time. We're going to talk about them on the other side of a break, which we are going to now. Climate, air conditioning and solar, SA's biggest stake and dealer. They're proud sponsor of the Red Legs and the Telstra shop at Nord. They have phones to drones and Fitbits to Foxtel. Visit their friendly experts today. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. Every heartbeat's true for the red and the blue as we sing the song to you. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner on SENSA. Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Deep in the final term here at Red Legs Radio, thank you to Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best in Telstra Shop at Norwood. They know everyone is different, whatever you need, visit today. Ben Hook and Miles Fitzner in the studio. I've had a big show. We've chatted to Greg Champion, who sang a couple of songs, one in tribute to Don Barry, uh, another about the famous Odie family, a legends of South Australian football. And, of course, Jimmy Allen, the midfield coach, taking us through everything that is going on with the Norwood side as they head into the game with South Adelaide at 2.10pm at Cooper's Stadium on Tuesday afternoon. Miles Fitzner, the voice of 1629 SENSA oh, Sandful Footy. He was good, wasn't he, Jimmy? I really like that insight, Hookie, into what he was saying about the stoppages. A lot of the supporters, I know they get frustrated sometimes, and you, the listeners out there, do, but... When you actually hear what the teams are trying to do and it gets executed, you know, we've heard before, you all say kick long, kick long, kick long, and then it's what they've been doing for 20 minutes and it doesn't work. But there's there's a method to madness sometimes, so you've just got to be patient and uh, and listen to them. We're going to spend a bit of time talking about the women's football competition and the fact that Norwood are into the finals for uh, season 2020 after a big win over Glenelg last weekend. They'll take on West Adelaide. That game is at Theberton Oval. It is also on Sunday. It gets underway at half past 12, Theberton Oval. Hey, they've been really impressive the last four weeks, Miles. What have you liked? Like, what, what have you liked? They, they, well, they have been impressive because we've been talking about them on the show and, and whether or not they could sneak up and in. Now they've got a crack here against Westies. But what have you... Like, who's stood up? What I, have you liked? I tell you what I've liked. I've liked the fact that they have developed incredibly well from week five. So week, the first four weeks, I think they were really just trying to learn a bit about the basics of football. Under Chris Howie, I think they have developed immeasurably in the last five weeks to the point that I think that structurally and tactically, they are the most advanced team in the competition. Now, I accept that North Adelaide and South Adelaide are rightfully one and two, but I really believe that they have come into this final series in as good a form as they possibly can, and they'll give them a real shake on Sunday. Can Well, let's talk about Sunday first. Who to stop? Who you got to stop? Yeah, their best player is Rochelle Martin. She's about four foot one. She's this tiny little midfielder, but she's four the most one. courageous. She's a bit taller than that, but she's <laughs> the most courageous footballer you have ever seen. Uh, her sister, Hannah, has played some AFL football for the Crows, and I reckon Rochelle's probably on her way down that road as well. She's an absolute clearance machine. She just can get in and under and get the ball out to teammates on the outside. Does, so do they tag her? That's the one player that you've got to stop. Well, she's sort of difficult to tag because she's just getting in and under. It's just really important on our midfielders, I think, to try and get uh, first hand on the ball and just not give her that, that opportunity. The big story about our team, I think, is Kate Fenton. Uh, she just lobbed at the start of the year and said, look, I'll just train and see how I go. Suddenly, she's about our most important key position player. We had a huge fright against Sturt. That was a team that we were expected to beat really comfortably, and we were awful all day. Kate Fenton laid a big tackle right as the siren went and then went back and kicked the goal to get oh, a draw, love which kept us in the season. She kicked three goals last week. She's 37. And just decided to come out and have a crack. She's a mum. What a story she is. A bit older than me. Yeah, well, I mean, you you look about 47. It's hard hard to believe that you are only 37. Have you got a tip then? Let's go quick tip for this 
Yeah, we'll beat West we'll, Adelaide. Yep. I'm very, very confident that we'll beat West Adelaide. And then you do run into some class, whether you play North or South. But that's because all the Crows, final. like they got a stack of Crows players come back, didn't yeah, they, no, North? They do. But yeah, I, I really like it. We've got a, a number of our young players I'm, I'm really excited about. Uh, Jess Macalino's uh, a real up-and-coming player. Uh, Matilda Zander is another one as well. So uh, really excited about them. Can I just say very quickly, Glenelg Football Club, it's who we beat last week. Their captain is uh, Cass Hartley. She uh, announced her retirement at the end of that game. She's been an absolute pioneer of women's football. She's played well in excess of 300 games in the Amateur League, in the Sandful. She's played a heap of football for South Australia. Legend of the game. You talk about Matilda Zander and the opportunities that she'll have in the next 20 years. It's because of people like Jess uh, Jess, Cass Hartley and what she's done in the last uh, last 20 years as well. So. Super effort and congratulations to her so uh, on a stellar career. We wish Cass all the best in her retirement. She is a legend of South Australian sports. So you're not calling the game, just going to go on along and enjoy it, mate? No, yeah, I'll, uh, I think I'll be there, but um, we'll see how we go. But you can't stand up and have a drink either, so I'm a bit disappointed about that. Yeah, that is the new rule, isn't it? If you're going to have a drink at the footy on Sunday, mate, you can take your deck chair, so make sure you do the right thing. If you're having an alcoholic beverage, you need to be seated. Well, it's a big game, Coming up on Sunday, we're taking on the Panthers at Cooper's Stadium. Big thank you to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and the Telstra Shop at Norwood. Massive game on the weekend. Hope to see you there. See you all at the footy. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.